All right, we are continuing where we left off yesterday with the boys going up the double helix to the roof. They were out of the double helix in a flash when it arrived on the roof, and it was then that they finally understood that something really strange was happening to the hotel. At first, it felt like they'd gotten off a fair ride, which they sort of had, but it quickly became clear that the hotel was moving in a circle. Should we take a look over the edge just for a moment? Leo asked. He was overcome with curiosity and didn't have to wait for an answer. Remy was already running to one of the ledges where some of the ducks were sitting, watching out over the skyline. When they leaned over the rail and got a good look at the rest of the hotel, they saw that each of the floors of the hotel was spinning. It was like they were there was a long pole up the middle of the whippet, and each of the floors was spinning on its own free will. Best hotel ever! Remy shouted. The levels were spinning within different directions and at different speeds. And then when Leo and Remy's side came around where everybody was standing on the grounds, they waved and laughed. We'd better get to work, Leo said. I'll do the zip rope. You put the four flugers in place. Done, Remy said. And they both ran off in different directions. Leo kept wondering how and why in the world, the whippet was spinning as it was, but he knew that the best chance of getting an answer would be to follow the instructions Mergenzer had given him. The faster he could finish, the sooner he would know what Mergenzer's grand plan was. Leo, it's working! Remy yelled from a corner of the roof. He found a small zigzag-shaped opening on a stone slab and dropped the fluger inside. It's making a weird humming sound, and then it's gone! Gone, Leo thought. The Fluger had vanished into the Whippet Hotel, and it was humming. He wished that Dr. Flart was here to tell them what that meant. The Whippet's mad scientist would surely have known. Instead, Leo stood at the very center of the roof, watching the world spin around him. There, he found the Golden Duck. And another! Remy shouted. He was down to only two Flugers, and Leo hadn't even tied the rope to the Golden Duck. There was a reason for this, one that Remy, in his race to finish the task, hadn't noticed. Remy hadn't looked up, but Leo had an intuition about what was happening. He simply knew before he turned his eyes up to the evening sky that Mergenzer had arrived. A voice filled the air, and Remy finally stopped what he was doing and looked skyward. Hello, Leo, Remy. Such a lovely night, don't you think? Mergenzer the Whippet was leaning out of a window of the blimp, waving at them with a smile on his face. The blimp, as before, seemed to blend in with the reflecting colors of the night in Manhattan. All the lights and angles appeared to push right through the blimp, like the blimp was a ghost that only existed in Leo and Remy's imaginations. I'm afraid we're running a little bit behind schedule, Mergenzer said. We'll need to move fast. A rope was thrown over and uncoiled until the end of it hung in front of Leo's face. Tie the zip rope to the golden duck and to the end of this rope, Leo. Hurry! Quickly now! We really must be getting on with it. Mergenzer looked at Remy, who, was already, who had already gone back to his task of inserting the flugers and was down to the last one. Got it! Leo shouted, having tied the zip rope as tight as he could around the belly of the golden duck and attached the other end of the rope. Perfect! Mergenzer said, and then he began to haul, haul the rope up into the sky, arm over arm, as the zip rope stretched. It gets stronger. Did Ingrid tell you that? You mean the more it stretches? Leo yelled up into the sky. Yes, but it reaches a point where it won't stretch any further. That's when a zip rope is at, is at its strongest. We got it from Lupa. She's a monkey, Remy yelled. 
he finished with the Flugers and stood empty-handed next to Leo. Mergenzer had the end of the zip rope in his hand, having stretched it 30 feet into the air and removed the regular rope. She's a good monkey, I can tell. This is a fine zip rope, the best. Both boys beamed. They had bad news to share about the hotel, but Mergenzer had a way of saying things that would make them feel on top of the world anyway, like it was all going to be okay after all. You might want to brace yourselves now, Mergenzer said. Could be a bit bumpy. He disappeared into the cab of the blimp. What do you think he's doing? Remy asked. Something important, like pressing buttons and pushing levers. Come on, let's get to the edge. I have a feeling I know what's coming next. Leo had been right. Mergenzer D. Whippet was pressing buttons and pushing levers. The four flugers began to glow hot and blue where they were trapped. Four thick bands of blue light appeared, one from each fluger rising into the over the roof and into the sky above. They met at the bottom of the blimp like four thick ropes of light that held the hotel level with their weird energy. The blimp began to move up, up, and away as the zip rope stretched further and further. Leo was sure it was about to finally snap in two, but the zip rope held, stretching into the air. The Whippet Hotel began to slow, and then it stopped spinning altogether. I see you up there, Leo Fillmore! Miss Sparks screamed up at the head poking over the edge of the roof. Say goodbye to your hotel! She waved the letter from the governor that gave her the power to auction off the Whippet Hotel, laughing up at the boys. Leo had a moment of deep sorrow. He had lost the Whippet. He was sure of it. No matter what happened now, he would never walk the halls of the wackiest hotel in the world again as its owner. Miss Sparks would ruin it, maybe even tear it all down. A tragedy that Leo could hardly bring himself to believe. And then, just as all hope seemed lost, the Whippet Hotel began to move again. Only this time, it was the roof that moved and nothing else. The rest of the hotel had stopped quiet and still, as if watching for something secret and rare to take place. Leo, Remy said, do you feel that? I did, Leo answered. Think we're about to go for a ride. The top floor of the Whippet Hotel, which included the roof and the library, all lifted free. A very good monkey, Mergenzer yelled out the window. It's holding beautifully. The blimp began to rise faster and faster, like it had finally pulled itself free from the stakes tied to the ground, and the top floor of the whippet rose with it. Five feet, then ten, then fifty feet into the air. It wobbled softly, but there was a magic or science, or both, that worked on the roof of the whippet hotel that night, and it stayed almost completely level. There must be something about the flugers that keeps it steady, Remy said, laughing. He couldn't stop laughing. It was so perfect, a breathtaking event he had helped set in motion, unimaginable, and yet it was happening. Here he comes, Leo shouted, pointing up to the sky where the buildings were flying past as the blimp rose higher and higher still. Merton's dirty whippet was sliding down the zip rope like it was a fire engine pole. He slowed on his final approach, then touched down in his long jacket and perfectly shined shoes. Don't try that without gloves, he smiled. A zip rope will give you the king of all rug burns. Remy was laughing, smiling, hopping up and down with enthusiasm, but Leo couldn't join that excitement. He stared at the ground on the verge of tears. He simply couldn't bring himself to tell Mergenzer he'd failed to pay the taxes. The Whippet Hotel was lost, or at least most of it. 
Mergenzer winked at Remy, then knelt down next to Leo, touching the underside of his chin, lifting Leo's head. He looked into his eyes and said, Don't cry, dear boy. Don't cry. And that did it. Leo did cry. Just one tear that rolled down his cheek. Mergenzer flicked the tear away with his glove finger and smiled. But you don't understand, Leo said. I lost the hotel. It's gone. You see there, Mergenzer said, glancing at Remy. I always knew I picked the right man for this job. I don't understand, Leo sniffed, frustrated that Mergenzer wouldn't listen. I lost the hotel. Miss Sparks owns it now, don't you see? Nope. That's not true. You only think it's true. Leo felt the butterflies in his chest. Could it be? Could it be possible Mergenzer had a plan Leo didn't know about? Mergenzer D. Whippet looked at his watch, then pulled out a key card from his jacket pocket. Only, it wasn't a key card. All is well, I assume, Mergenzer said, talking into the card like it was a phone. All is well, the voice that Leo and Remy knew. And you? Dr. Flarton Ingrid will want to know, how are the flugers and the zip rope working? Very well, thank you. Just give them my best, and thank you, Carl. You've done well. Anytime, sir. Anytime at all. Better finish things up. The clock has struck 12, Mergenzer said. He put the key card back in his pocket and stood, staring down at the two boys. They were speechless, and as Mergenzer clapped his hands twice... The rope ladder unfurled out of the blimp. I can see you're confused, and I suspect you might be, Mergenzer said. Let's get aboard the blimp, and I'll tell you everything. Righto? Who's driving? Remy asked. George, of course, Mergenzer said. George Powell, his oldest and dearest friend, waved down at them from above as Mergenzer went on. It's very good to have a wingman, don't you think? Remy nodded, putting his arm around Leo. It's the best. Bewildered by the wonder of, of it all, Leo and Remy started climbing while things took shape on the ground below. All right, we are going to stop there for today, and we will be finishing the book tomorrow. <laughs>